Hello and welcome to CX Conversations. This is your host Vivek bringing you CX lessons from CX leaders from around the world. Today in CX Conversations, I'm talking about how to win customers using live chat. The concept of online chat is not new. Online chat systems have been around since I can remember. On the one hand, we had personal chat solutions like Yahoo and Google Messenger. while on the other hand solutions like office communicator helped us chat with our colleagues at work somewhere along the path someone came up with the brilliant idea to use chat solutions for communicating with customers too although this may sound obvious now i still see so many businesses struggling to get the chat implementation right talking about how to best use chat as a communication medium for customers is our guest today nelson brutal Nelson is the president at Interchanges, a company that has generated over 1.4 billion dollars for its clients. He is also the co-creator of Live Chat, an online chat service that allows potential customers and website visitors to begin chatting without having to give their information first. Nelson has over 16 years of experience in internet marketing and lead generation. With his exhaustive experience in setting up 24/7 live chat and executing key marketing strategies for brands Nelson is uniquely positioned to talk about this topic today I'm delighted to have him as our guest today Nelson welcome to CX Conversations I'm glad to be here thanks for the introduction Thanks so almost everyone is implementing a chat solution these days Nelson could you talk to us about how what interchanges offers is different Absolutely also if you could also share How did you come up with this entire idea? Sure. So quickly, what makes us different is we have optimized the way we deploy and implement chat over the past 16 years. There's three really main differences that we provide. Number one, we proactively engage every visitor, meaning we pop up the chat window proactively after a certain amount of time. Next is we make the conversation easy to start by not requiring contact details before the chat starts. Number 3, we provide the people behind the chat 24/7. So those are really the three differentiators for us. Nice. Yeah, so the other question is, you know, we started our business started 18 years ago. I've been with the company 16 years. And the evolution was we started as a website design firm, and then we started adding adding email marketing to the strategy for our customers, and then we started adding Google services such as search engine optimization and paid search optimization for AdWords campaigns. And so as we continued that evolution the next step was well you know we're driving traffic to these websites most of the traffic isn't converting or taking any action well let's see what they're there for. And so we implemented chat to start having conversations with people on the website. Quite a simple concept, right? True. And when you mentioned that you not just provide the chat solutions, the technology but also people That's quite interesting. Can you dig a little deeper in that and tell me how do you make sure that the people that you're providing for the live chat works well when representing your clients brands? Absolutely. And this is probably the when I introduce this concept to to potential customers, this is the first question I get 95% of the time is, "Nelson, how are your people going to learn our business, our products, our services?" Yes. and you know especially because we work with industrial manufacturers or metal fabricators or components manufacturers who have very much an engineering sales process to where 
Yeah, and they would have a huge amount of specifications that each of their visitors would have questions on. Yeah, so the very first question is, how is your team going to be knowledgeable? And it's a, I won't call it a misconception, but uh, it's a little bit, there's a different way of thinking about what we do. We're not trying to train our team to become experts or salespeople on the website. Our value is increasing the conversion rate and extracting contact details from more of the visitors that are on the website. And so we're going to lead the conversation with some initial pre-planned questions. How can we help you today? Are you an existing customer? And inevitably, during the conversation, a very specific question is going to come up about material, density, price, something that our, you know, configuration, something that our team won't be trained in or won't be able to answer. At that point, that's when our team is trained to say something like, we can help you with that. Let us have one of our experts get back in touch with you. Can we have your phone number and email address? And boom. That's the conversion point. That's interesting. Now, for the benefit of our listeners, could you explain what are the key differences between chatbots and what you're doing at LiveChat? Certainly. So chatbots are artificial intelligence. It's computers who are programmed to put messages out there to people in the chat window. And while you can set a chat bot up quite quickly, the challenge is as soon as people realize they're talking to an automated system, they get frustrated. They know they're not going to be able to get the answer that they're looking for. Now, on the fringe, there are some companies that have invested a ton of time and money and effort into building out extremely fancy chatbots that will help a visitor intelligently navigate pages of the website that provide all the necessary content. It's very rare and it's very difficult to do. But at the end of the day, all it is, what we say or what I say, a chatbot, even if it's super advanced, is nothing more than an automated knowledge base or an automated frequently asked questions system. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And I was also thinking that perhaps a chatbot is easier to implement or rather a chatbot is more effective in a simpler, a company that has simpler offerings, for example. Whereas if we look at manufacturers and the kind of clients that you're working with, which will have a plethora of offerings, products and services, having a chatbot might, or rather implementing a chatbot might be quite difficult over there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, more complex sales cycles where the average sale is you know, a much higher value, where lead generation for a high value sale is more critical and more important or the case, that's where you want to have humans engaging with your visitors because people buy from people, especially in those bigger yeah. sales cycles, right? Those B2B environments. Yes. You're absolutely right. In, in a more business to consumer focused environment where the products are straightforward, simple, more widget focused, then absolutely a chatbot could suffice because you could program the answers around the simple products much easier. And chatbots can work on Facebook and in the social media arena as well. True. And listen, I'm also a B2B guy, so I totally understand the importance of converting each lead that comes or at least capturing each lead that visits my website because every opportunity lost could be a huge amount of money for my business. Exactly. And, and on the flip side of that, for us, yeah. The ROI conversation is awesome for me because when we do start with a company in that first 30 days, 
they see the significant increase in opportunities being in, put into the top of their sales pipeline. Yeah, and so the ROI becomes quite silly once we get going. Yeah, <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Yeah. All right. So could you share how live chat has helped your clients improve customer experience for them? Yeah, just about every single time that we've deployed live chat, we have doubled sales requests, sales quotes in the first 30 days. So what we tell people from a results or expectation standpoint is however many quote requests they're getting from their contact forms on their website or their quote request forms on their website, they can safely double that number. They're still going to get those quote requests through the web forms because there's a certain type of person that likes to fill out the web form when they're ready to get a quote. There's a whole subset of people that aren't ready to call and they're not ready to fill out that long quote request form, but they will have a conversation if it's made easy to have a conversation. And so we regularly double sales leads from existing website traffic. Wonderful. And have you ever had a chance to kind of get to hear from people who are chatting on your clients' websites with your folks as to how their experience has been? Because I'm sure these people are now visiting websites where they're also interacting with chatbots and other kind of chat services. And whether they had a much differentiating experience when using live chat. Yeah, absolutely. And the answers are all the same. I'll go back to what I said. People would rather do business with people. And it's no different than when you call into a company and you get put to an automated phone tree and push one for this and three for this and this for this. And you got to wait until it comes to the right number. People are frustrated with that. You know, there's a company called Ruby, Ruby Receptionists, and their recent ad campaigns. I hear it on uh, Sirius XM when I'm listening to sports radio. I can't paraphrase it exactly, but their whole value proposition is get rid of your automated phone system, have our Ruby receptionist answer it because people would much rather hear a human voice on the other end and be helped by a human than have to go through and push numbers and enter this and, and wait through that automated system. So it's no different when you're comparing your experience with a human live chat versus a chat robot. True. And only yesterday I was having a bad time trying to get one of an issue, an issue that I was having with one of the services that I mm -hmm. use for marketing, where I raised a support request through their chat channel. And uh, this I was doing through my incognito window, because I thought there was something wrong with the, with my browser's cache and all that. So I wanted to rule out those options before I reach out to the support team. And uh, from the incognito window, I reached out to the support team, and uh, I explained to them what the issue was. Mm -hmm. And the usual questions came in as to, did you try hard refresh? Did you try this and that? Which I answered, yes, I've tried all of that. And I told them that I'm just going to come go back to my account and I'll send you another chat message so that you have my account's details registered because I'm a registered subscriber to your services. So uh, soon I switch over to this uh, new window. I am logged into my account and I start the chat service over there. And you would not believe that is when I realized that I'm actually chatting with a yep. bot because it started asking me the same questions again and giving me the same responses that, hey, what was the error message that you were yep. getting? Initially, I thought because of the picture of a human being over there, I thought I am actually talking to a human yep. being. But later I realized that this was actually a chatbot and that re essentially ruined my experience right. with this company. And I'm Thinking of switching, actually, I started researching about competitors and alternatives to that service. Yeah. So they had a picture of a person in the chat window? Yes. Yeah. See, that's a no-no. We've learned not to do that. Even though we provide humans behind the chat, 
there's conversations that we've seen come through when you have a picture of a human on a chat. That's kind of a best practice. Don't put a picture of somebody on your chat because you'll get all kinds of questions of people asking, is that really you? And, you know, we've had even had pictures of pretty girls or guys are like, hey, is your name, you know, which, is that your real name? So there's unneeded conversation that comes from putting pictures on the chat box. And then even worse, in your example, there was the perception they created that you were talking to a human and it turned out to be a bot. So there was disappointment that you experienced. Right. One of the best practices we've learned is keep it simple, keep it native, don't put pictures on the chat window. True. And now that we are on that subject, Nelson, can you share some other best practices that you recommend your clients when implementing uh, live chat? Sure. So the first best practice is test live chat as soon as possible. Even if you use Olark or Drift or one of the other live chat softwares and you test it during certain hours of the day on your website, test live chat. Understand that the first step is dipping your toes in. Those softwares I mentioned are very, very low cost monthly software subscriptions. And so try it. Start engaging your visitors. Assign one of your inside sales team members just to do it a couple hours a day. Now, here's where a lot of people mess up. They don't even know it. You don't want to put a live chat up there and have somebody who you quote unquote dedicate to it that has other responsibilities to where they're not going to be dedicated to it. because the worst things that can happen is if somebody does decide to chat, they click the button and they ping somebody and then your team's not available because they're working on other tasks. So the reason I say pick a few hours a day, pick a few hours to test it where someone can actually dedicate, watch the website and proactively engage every visitor. Okay. Now I want to talk about a difference here between proactive and reactive. If you're going to do chat, most people do chat and they do reactive. They put the little icon in the bottom right. And they wait for the visitor to click the button to initiate the chat. One of the things that we've learned is don't wait for the visitor to initiate. Most of these chat softwares will have the dashboard on the back end where you'll be able to see the IP addresses of the people on your website. You'll be able to click the IP address to initiate that conversation proactively. So make sure that whatever chat software you use allows you to proactively engage the visitor. The second part of that is make sure you have somebody dedicated to where they can actually go in and proactively engage the website visitors. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Okay. What else? Are there any other best practices? So we've got two so far. One is to test it out. The other one is always have a dedicated person uh, for at least a few hours in a day. Yep. Just to kind of see what the results would be just from that few hour time slot. Yeah. And the third one that you mentioned earlier was never have a picture of a human being. Even if you've got some humans interacting on the chat interface. Yeah, don't put a picture. And then don't require contact information before the chat conversation starts. That's quite interesting, Nelson, because almost all the other chat solutions out there in the market right now start by asking that. Yep. That's a no-no. <laughs> the thought process is, hey, we want to make sure we, you know, the, the goal from a marketer's perspective is to get the information of the visitor on the website, right? Yeah. But what they don't understand when they're doing this is, they're creating friction. They're making it difficult. People don't want to give their contact info. They want to remain anonymous until they don't. True. And more and more people today are understanding that when they share their contact details, they're going to be bombarded with marketing content that they never thought that they're signing up for. That's the fear. Yeah. And it doesn't always happen, but that fear does exist. That anxiety exists. So what we do, as I mentioned earlier, is one of our differentiators. And anybody can do this, but it's something that we do every time. We make sure that we let the visitor start typing and have a conversation right away. And then conversationally, we'll get the contact details 
that makes a huge difference. And what if you do the two things I mentioned, if you're proactive and you're proactively engaging every visitor and you make it easy for the conversation to start by not requiring the contact details, you will get three to four times as many conversations. Wow, wonderful. Anything else? Any other best practices you could think of? Hopefully this goes without saying, but when the chat conversation comes through and gets sent to the appropriate person at your company, whether you're staffing it yourself internally or whether you're having a company like us staff it, make sure you respond to that chat within, well, I'll say within an hour. Now, you should shoot to respond within 15 minutes. You'll create a precedent of wow right there in the visitor right away if you respond quickly. But within an hour, Inside Sales and MIT did a study on response time, and they found that you're six times more likely to put someone into a sales process if you respond within an hour. I think an hour is still a very long time. I, do too. I mean, yeah, at least for sales conversations, if there's a website visitor trying to get some information, yeah. the person is not going to wait for an hour for to get yeah. a response. I would say within a few minutes is the best best way to catch hold of that person. If you can do it within 15 minutes, you're going to create that wow experience. And people are going, wow, that was fast. It happens all the time for us. You know, we drink our own Kool Aid. Whenever I respond to a chat lead that comes through our website. Many times I respond within the first five minutes and they're like, wow, I'm so, I was still on your website. That was amazing. That was really fast. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, uh, Nelson. Now, while I have personally found chat to be quite useful when it comes to customer support, like I mentioned my example from yesterday, could you compare live chat implementation in customer support versus that in sales? How are these two different? Yeah. So two totally different objectives, if you will, two business objectives. So that's where a test will tell you everything because the question we have to answer to compare those two for a particular customer is of all of the website visitors that are going to your website, who are they and what are they trying to do? So we have some customers where the majority of visitors are existing customers or existing distributors or dealers. There's conversations and things that they're trying to do on the website. So we have to craft the script to be able to address, ask, and direct the people that are existing customers for that customer service aspect. And then there's the different conversation from a sales lead perspective. So one of the things that we do during the first 30 days, we make sure our customers know the expectation is they're going to need to give us feedback on the chats that come through. So remember, anytime a question comes through that we don't know the answer to, we're going to go to our go-to response. Great. Let me have one of our experts get back in touch with you to help you. Can we have your phone number and email? When that conversation gets sent over to our customer, we want them to say, okay, is there a different way? We should, should we have provided an answer? And if so, what is it? And as soon as they give us that feedback, we can implement it in the script and it's changed within 24 hours. And so as that happens during the first 30 days, we pretty much see 90% of all instances of questions that are come through. That 30-day sample size of conversations from the thousands of visitors pretty much gives us the ability to dial in the script during that 30-day period. Then what we do is we measure and we report on how many sales leads came through during that month time frame, how many customer service related requests came through, how many documentation related requests came through, how many career requests came through. And so over the years, we've been able to see that anywhere between 40% and 80% of the chat transcripts that get sent through to our customers are sales leads. 40 to 80%. 80%. It's a big range. But we see 40% up to 80% of chats are sales lead related. Now, most companies have 
have an understanding of who's on their website. If, if they've been in business for any amount of time and, and they've been doing marketing and, and they, they understand their business, they know whether or not they're going to get more value from a chat and need more of a customer service. So, so most of our customers will, will have an understanding of if most of their visitors, if they're going to need a customer service oriented solution or if they're going to need a, a sales lead generation solution. They usually have a, a knowledge of what's going to be more important to them as a business objective. Perfect. Now, do you go in with one of these uh, strategies or do you, or can you implement both of it uh, for any of your clients? So, yeah. So, I mean, we're going to engage every visitor and have conversations with every visitor. So during the onboarding process, All right. we certainly do both. We prepare for both. Some of our customers, like I have one right now that we're about to start with, 95, actually all of the website visitors, it's going to be a complete customer service solution based on their business model. So they want us to handle tier one and possibly tier two customer service support so that their customer service reps that are currently doing the chat can work on higher revenue per hour tasks. So we have a pure customer service solution that we're going to be implementing for them to help them allow their their hired internal reps. So they're going to outsource the chat component to us so that their internal customer service reps can focus on higher revenue producing tasks. Okay. And I like the idea of how, when you mentioned that through the questions that are being raised on your chat service or the chat channel, you're also kind of preparing a database of FAQs, so to say. No doubt. Which then kind of feeds into your bigger set of answers that your reps are going to have in the end. Yep. I'll add to that even. I'm glad you mentioned that. From the conversations that come through, we also are able to extract keyword phrases that customers are actually using that can be potentially added to the AdWords or search engine optimization strategy. There might be topics that come up quite often that they need to write a blog post about or do a video about. So the chat conversations can fuel content strategy as well for marketing. I'm sure a lot of the questions that people are asking on the chat are the ones that people are searching for services on uh, Google. Yep. In many cases, you're right. Yeah, that's quite clever. All right, so that makes sense. In in one of my earlier episodes, uh, Nelson, I had a guest, Sue Duris, who is a leading voice in customer experience and digital. We talked about how to evaluate whether a chatbot or a chat service makes sense for a customer mm-hmm. journey. I'm curious, in your case, when you work with your clients, how do you help your clients decide whether live chat is a good fit for their organization and their customers or not. Sure. So uh, a couple things on that. The first one is I point to the facts. I ask them questions about how many visitors do you have coming to your website? They tell us. And then I ask them how many contact forms are you getting and how many leads are you getting from your phone calls? And then once they tell me that number, typically when we do the math, I tell them, well, that means 98% of your visitors are leaving the website without you knowing they were there. Okay. Now, some of them tell me that they have a, a IP tracker on there that tells them the company that was on their website. So they say, no, that's not true. We know that all these companies were on our website. So you may know that those companies were there, but you didn't get any engagement and inter- interaction. You don't know who from that company was there or why they were there. And so once they realize that you know there's a huge opportunity, and what I tell them say, we can double your conversion rate. So instead of 2% of your visitors taking action and providing their contact info through phone calls or web forms, we can go up to 4% and sometimes even 5% of your traffic now providing their contact details. So that's the first thing to get them thinking of what the results, what that would mean to them. 
if you got twice as many sales leads, what would that mean to your organization based on your current close rates and current revenue? The other thing I do is I make it really easy. We tell them that, listen, marketing is testing. We don't know the exact answers or data, but let's do a test. And if you're not happy after 30 days with the results, we will refund your money 100%. We remove the financial risk from doing its marketing test. All right. That's interesting. And uh, now we are in the rapid fire question round. Okay. All right. So which book has had the biggest impact on you and why? I think uh, Jim Collins, Good to Great. Nice. That's a wonderful book. Yeah. And the reason why is the hedgehog concept that he talks about in that book. What do you do very well consistently and focus on that? And that's what we've done over the past three or four years. Wonderful. And I can expound on that just a bit, just to kind of make it make it make sense. So sure. I mentioned how we started and we started adding all these services. And over the years, 16 years ago, we started over the years, we went, we essentially became a full service digital marketing agency. And we got to a point probably about six or seven years ago where we were getting very large retainers to do a whole bunch of things in the marketing space. Man, did it get stressful. Man, we were having success, but it was stressful. It was hard to consistently deliver. The relationships got more strained because there was higher expectations. And so we went back to that, you know, that mindset of, okay, what's our, what do we do very well that's consistent, that allows us to have a a more stress-free work life? We really honed in on the live chat and one of our other lead generation services. And that's been a big difference for us. So it's been a very impactful part of that book for us. That's wonderful. So next question, which online business tools or SaaS solutions do you use on a daily basis? Sure. So I use CoVideo. CoVideo allows me to record personalized videos and then embed them in emails that I send to people. So CoVideo is an awesome tool. I use uh, Hunter.io. Hunter.io allows me to find email addresses for companies that I'm looking to work with. I use Clear Web Stats which is a website where you can plug in URLs of websites and it'll estimate the daily website traffic. Really cool tool, especially in my business for chat, because when I'm qualifying companies, I want to make sure they have enough visitors to make a test worth it, which by the way, that number, that threshold is typically about 2000 visitors per month. So any company that has 2000 visitors per month and has a, a, puts a value on sales lead generation, that's kind of who we look for. That's why that tool is important. That's interesting. I use uh, HubSpot's email tracker. HubSpot's email tracker allows me to see when people open email addresses, which is extremely valuable in a business development role. Those are a few that come to the top of mind for me. That's a good list. And I think that kind of uh, is the toolbox for any online marketer and business development guy. That's wonderful. So which business leader do you follow and what have you learned from him or her? I think Jobs, Steve Jobs, there's different opinions on him, of course, but I think the lesson that he really puts out there is take risks, right? Don't be afraid to fail, take risks and uh, think big. True. That's wonderful. Even I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs and, and I follow his way of innovation and design and product is just amazing. Yeah. It's so inspirational. Perfect. So you played well, Nelson. Thank you so much. With that, we've also come to the end of this podcast. I would like to thank you once again for taking part, uh, talking with me on CX Conversations. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And to all our listeners, this is Vivek signing off from CX Conversations. Until next time, bye.